Skagit Valley and a little bit beyond the Pacific Northwest of the Pacific Northwest. We're going to be talking to local musicians and bands, talking about their passions and why they play such awesome music. Why would I ever want to miss this? Social media. Join our group. Like our page. Follow us on Instagram. Find us at Skagit Valley. You don't want to miss this. So here we are. We're actually recording at the KMRE radio studio here in Bellingham, which is funny because none of us are from Bellingham, but <laughs> hey, you know, it's kind of fun. Yeah. Well, we got, we got uh, our first guest. Uh, first, you know, we'll kind of go around and introduce ourselves. My name is Rudy Getzik, and uh, I'm co-host here with my other co-host, who is... Christine Cartwright. Right on. All right. And we're interviewing... Jack Mattingly. Oh man, that sounded. Uh, it sounded like Intense. we just put. It sounded like we yeah. put that in. Like, yeah. wait, he didn't say it right. So let's let's get it from another part of the I conversation. Said Shane Gildness. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Well, here's the deal. Yeah. I, I know a lot of times when people get interviewed like this, it's a little mm-hmm. awkward to try and. Some people want to throw out a bio, like, "Hey, yeah. here's the deal. Here's Jack, and he's done this, and blah 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 blah." Mm-hmm. I want you to awkwardly try to describe yourself because I know sometimes people will say, Oh, well, I don't like to be labeled as this, or I don't like to compare myself sure. to this. Yeah. So, but do that, compare okay. yourself to somebody who, who would the <laughs> listeners know that maybe you musically? resemble. Yeah. Yeah. Musically. Yeah. Okay. That musically. Um, I usually say, okay, president's United States of America, mm. right? Musically. They're funny. They kind of got some rock. Um, you know, but I don't sound exactly like them, but that's an influence, right? Um, I get compared to that quite a bit. Um, you know, starting out Buddy Holly. There's still some of that rhythm. Um, very easy, you know, kind of old rock and roll. It's just very catchy. Um, very easy to dance to. So I've got a little bit of that. Um, but then also like John Prine. Mm-hmm. Very lyrical, very simple. Um, so I don't know. It is uh, it is hard because I, I'm talking about people that I, I think are awesome. And I'm like, I'm that awesome too. Um, <laughs> so... You know, don't get your hopes up or anything. <laughs> well, what about as far as like when you play live? You know, you're 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 Jack Manley and the Whiskey Fever. Yeah. Uh, how do people? How do you describe that? Because that's different than the a John music? Klein or a, sure. You know. Yeah, I don't know. I would just say it's rock and roll. You know, it's like I don't want to go and say like we're, you know, um, alt rock or indie rock or honky tonk country rock. It's just rock and roll. You know, because that used to just be. You know, rock and roll it was a lot of things, right? And then it kind of went away. I guess they said it died, but I don't know. <laughs> it still feels alive to me. Um, I don't know. I think it's just it's just good old fashioned rock and roll. What do you think, Christine? I think I just think you guys are amazing, and Aww. I think you're amazing. And I, your songwriting is. I mean, this, I know I'm your biggest fan, but yeah. I like put you up there with like Bob Dylan and Aww. people like that. To me. Um, and I can't believe that we have somebody like you here in Western Washington and Skagit County and Whatcom well, County that, that, like, is ours. <laughs> well, you are too sweet, and I'm not going anywhere. And thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. Sometimes so, it's a little weird interviewing somebody that you know. So yeah. it's kind of to, yeah. to throw that disclaimer out there, you know, Christine and I and Jack, we all know each other. And yeah. it's not like this is the first time we've ever had a conversation. So for the yeah. listeners out there, uh, you know, for future podcasts or, or radio shows here, um, it's going to be a little different than this because we do kind of know each other. So yeah, and you know that's actually a good uh, point because I can sit and describe my music and myself, but 
It's easier when another fan describes it to another fan, right? So what would you say, Rudy? Mm. What's my music? You're put me on the spot. <laughs> yeah, put you yeah. on the spot because you, if, if you were trying to sell it to somebody, you'd have to tell them. Yeah. But me, you can't always trust me. I could say it's like Beethoven. It's the best. It's a masterpiece, you know? <laughs> well, I thought it was really cool how you described yourself uh, using kind of influences and artists mm. that you don't cover. I've yeah. heard you. I've heard you play a lot of those songs when we've been, you know, at a jam at Birds yeah. in the Brewery or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, heard you, you know, kind of, you know, play some of those tunes. But I didn't hear you say Tom Petty. Yeah. And I didn't hear you say, yeah. um, you know, Jack Johnson. I've heard mm-hmm. before, yeah. mainly because uh, as we'll play some of your songs here. Yeah. Uh, you you like to play the acoustic guitar and sing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's different than the band. So then I might yeah. say Tom Petty. Yeah. Because when you play with a band, you're kind of more of that. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, right. I can see that. Yeah, and Tom Petty's a huge influence of mine, right? I love Tom Petty. Um, but it's just like I don't even try to get close to that. You know, it's like nobody can be Tom Petty. Uh, may he rest in peace. May he rest in peace. Yeah, my uh, so my two favorite, I have a favorite artist of all time, you know, performer and artist, and a favorite band of all time, and I don't sound anything like either. My favorite of all time artist, singer, is uh, Hank Williams Sr. Love him. Love the legend about him. It's a heartbreaking story. And he just worked hard at it. Um, and then the band is my favorite band of all time. And I don't sound anything. Nobody can yeah, sound anything like no. the band. I don't even know how they do it. Like, yeah. yeah. So, but I don't sound anything like them, but those are my favorites. So there's still influences, but you know, you can be influenced by a lot of things, you know, you know, mm. it doesn't have to be music. I'm just as much influenced by, um, you know, my friends and family and stone cold Steve Austin <laughs> champion of our heart. <laughs> Well, let's talk about like your songwriting and stuff. Like, yeah. how do you do that? Um, well, okay. So everybody's, I like talking about songwriting because, or I like hearing people talk about it. Um, about your songwriting or? No, just about just, I just like hearing songwriters talk about their process mm. because everybody's different. And so here's mine. Um, is this the real story or the fake one you tell drunk the, fans? No, show? the fake one I tell drunk fans is like, I didn't write those. God did. And he sent them to me on a lightning bolt. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, man, it just came through me. I had nothing to do with it. Uh, no, but I'm, um, some people write songs first. They write the lyrics and then they get the music to them. Um, and that's, that's a pretty popular way to do it. I never do that. I, I can't even think of if I've ever wrote one song where I wrote the words and then put music to it. I always start with music. If I'm playing a you know, chord progression or just like a melody that pops into my head, I've got a melody but no real words, mm-hmm. then I put the words to them. And then sometimes it truly is like, hey, where did that come from? So, for example, when the sun falls down, you know, I was 18, I was in my room, and I was playing um, my guitar, and I just started... There's a skunk in the road. Yeah, you better slow down. I don't want to hit that censored word. And <laughs> and that um, that kind of did come out of nowhere. But then I kind of started writing with it and rolling. And I can see, like, oh, okay, this is what my song's about. Or, or this is my message I'm going for. Or the story I'm trying to tell. And But I always start with music first and melody. Um, and, then, mm. and then break it down. And um, I try not to put too much structure... As far as like, okay, it has to have a bridge, it has to have two choruses and three verses. You know, a lot of my songs do have, you know, um, a bridge and that kind of structure, but I don't like to just like, you know, pigeonhole myself and say that's how the song has to be. Sometimes it's nice to just let it go and, and find out what, uh, what I, happened. I'm always amazed at your range uh, of songwriting from mm, just yeah. the silliness yeah. to just the, I mean, some of your sad songs are like yeah. a 
you know, gut punch. They're just so real and just so, and I just, and everything in between you do. I mean, I don't feel like you see that a lot with other artists that, that they're, that they're, uh, you know, can do all of that. So, yeah, I I think the silliness is just as important, right? mm -hmm. Because a lot of times you can hide some of the sadness in the silliness, Mm -hmm. right? True. And good point. uh, Or just with the upbeat music, you know, you can hide something that's a little darker in there. Um, and it just gives the song a little bit more weight. I don't always write happy songs. I don't, I rarely write them as a matter of fact. And it's not because I'm never happy. It's just cause I think they're cheesy. A lot of times they, I get done. I'm like, well, that was a cheesy song. So <laughs> I do it. They're just in the vault and you guys get to listen when I'm dead. <laughs> yeah. I'll be putting them out. Yeah. yeah. I've got a couple I think of them. I Dang it. Does that mean I die song. first, Rudy? What do you have planned? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, there is a lot of silly, but I do like to, I, I guess like, as far as you know, when I talk about my band it being rock and roll, that's, you know, that's our stage show and it is rock and roll mostly, but myself and my songwriting has always been just whatever, whatever I want to do. I, you know, um, I don't like to just box myself into one genre and say, this is what I do, you know, cause I like country music and I like rock music and I like rap music and I like silly music. And I like to be able to do whatever I want. And the nice thing is I've always done whatever I wanted. And that has attracted a very loyal fan base because they can kind of count on that, right? They can say, well, he does whatever he wants, and that's what we like. And so I like that about my fan base is that they've always just been okay with me doing whatever I wanted to do and being on board for it. And I say, you sold out. Like, sold out to who? Yeah. Sold out, you have to make money. And that's, you know, <laughs> I'm not doing that yet. <laughs> well, oh, I feel like the fan base gets kind of gypped because they don't hear all the range of what you can do. Because yeah. when you're yeah. on stage, you're not going to sing songs like Louder and, yeah. and that kind of thing. Yeah. And I will, I will say that too, you know, um, in bars, you know, because that's where we mostly play is bars. You know, in some you know venues. Every once in a while in a radio station. Every yeah. once in a while in a radio station. <laughs> that's right. Uh, but, you know, there's a certain audience there. And they're just going to talk through whatever you play that yeah. isn't easy to dance to or that they don't know, can't clap to. So, so yeah, I don't do all the stuff that I want to do sometimes. But that's just the atmosphere you're in, right? What song did you write first? Can you, I mean, was there what was a my song? first song? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the one I think back to, because there's a couple that, that I probably did before this one, but like, I wouldn't say they were finished songs, but the one that always comes to mind is My Old Man's Forerunner. Right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that was about My Old Man's Forerunner, <laughs> believe it or not. Yeah. So I, I was just sitting in his basement and I had just kind of started playing guitar and it was a four chord song, no change. And I just was like looking out the window and there was the forerunner and it's like kind of this legendary forerunner. He's got, right now he's got over 600,000 miles on it. Right. And so at the time it was 400,000, which is still pretty good. Uh, so, so I wrote that, uh, I wrote this song. It was silly, you know, it was a silly, fun song. And so that was like my first, first actual full song that I played with my, my band when we formed a band. So that's interesting because a lot of times when I hear you play songs, whether it's, you know, like what I mentioned before, I've, I've, we've seen each other at jams or whatever, and mm-hmm. I don't play, but it's fun to listen yeah. to you guys. And yeah. uh, I've heard you play that song before. And yeah. to be honest with you, I'm kind of ignorant to a lot of Hank Williams tunes. Mm-hmm. And I might have heard that one and maybe thought it was a Hank Williams song or a John Prine song oh, or something yeah. like that, you know, yeah. because it's got yeah. that vibe to it. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, that's interesting because I never really thought of that like with Hank Williams. It's more of just like a silly rocker, but you know, for those of you listening, go out and listen to it and and tell Rudy how wrong he is. Say, Rudy, you're an idiot. Also, that song good. sucks. <laughs> Rudy's never heard that song. Well, see, that brings up another thing is because yeah. the first time I heard you do Skin and Bones, yeah. it was before it got on the Ocean of Trouble album. Yeah, yeah. and heard you in the bar singing it, yeah. and I didn't know that was your song. Yeah, and I yeah. spent the next day googling. Mm. Um, words oh, and lyrics, stuff from it because yeah. I'm like how did I never hear the song it's great yeah. you didn't and then find I found any lyrics it, did you? I didn't oh, find it and then yeah. I found out I it was yours I hate to hear I ripped somebody off <laughs> <laughs> no yeah. I was it was crazy I yeah. thought how could how could I have never heard the song that's because yeah. it was your song that's how you you never heard it but now you do um yeah well thank you yeah um it was it's just an it's just an awesome I mean it should be top of the charts personally I think well you heard that charts put it up there. Charts, yeah, yeah. yeah. Charts. let's get some of that money I- I want to talk about the song Librarian because yeah. that was one of my favorite tunes from way back. Yeah. From the yeah, vault, yeah. so to speak. For sure and, from the vault. Uh, yeah. Hoping maybe you could play it for us. Yeah, can you, you talk about that song a little yeah, bit? Yeah, I, I can. Um, so that is one of the earlier songs. Okay, it's funny that you asked because I was thinking about first songs I've written and then first songs that I actually felt like I had a song and that I was kind of proud of. You know, like Foreigner was funny, but I wasn't like, oh, hey, this is a thing I'm going to do. It was just like, hey, that's a funny song I wrote. But, but the Librarian song... And a song called Drunken Hearted, which maybe you'll hear also, uh, were two of the first songs I wrote where I felt like, okay, I have a song, I have my own voice now, and I can mix silliness with sadness and, and angst. Um, so that song, I was working at Target, and um, I was 18, and I was in charge of unloading trucks and putting stuff away and, and that kind of stuff in the back room. And so it was like, we had a big shipment of cardigan sweaters that came in. And so I was unboxing them and putting them in the shelf back, you know, in the back room and just like folding them up. And I was like, this is what it'd be like to date a librarian, you know, just be folding sweaters all the time. Uh, so I wrote a song, you know, I kind of thought that'd be funny. I'll write a song about, I want to date a librarian, you know, and with no librarian in mind, I, I didn't meet a librarian and then write it about her. Uh, yeah, wasn't your high school librarian? <laughs> it definitely was not. Uh, <laughs> um, no, it wasn't about uh, any librarian. It was just kind of a funny like story, you know. And I like to do that with a lot of my songs. I like to just kind of tell a story about, you know, quirky characters or just whatever people I make up in my head that speak to me at night and tell me not to do podcasts or radio interviews. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, well, let's yeah. play that then. Yeah, you bet. Alright, <laughs> right, this is the librarian song. It's an oldie, but an oldie. I wanna date a librarian, a quiet little girl in a blue cardigan organizing neat slippers on her feet that's the girl for me yes it is well, I want to love a librarian a quiet little girl who's a vegetarian tangled messed up hair falling everywhere that's the girl for me, yes it is We could live in the countryside Be happy with what we've got She could wear her socks to bed And I'd still think she's hot 
looks in the summer sun Copper tone for her complexion She just might be the one The one that I call hun I'm gonna marry a librarian A quiet little girl in a blue cardigan Coffee stains on her clothes Glasses on her nose That's the girl for me, yes it is We could find a place of our own A little garden we call home I just want someone to say I'll never be alone Cause I wanna date a librarian A quiet little girl in a blue cardigan Organize a knee, slippers on her feet That's the girl for me, that's the girl for me that's the girl for me, yes it is. And okay, so let's go back to your dad. Um, mm -hmm. Tell us about him and how he, how he, your progression of music kind of was through him a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I'm happy to. Um, my dad, like me, is six foot tall, 250 <laughs> pounds of muscle. Uh, no, I'm kidding. He looks exactly like me, which is about the opposite of what I just said. <laughs> Somewhere in the five nine range. <laughs> anyway, no, he um, he is probably my biggest influence musically. You know, um, like I was saying, you can be influenced by musicians or the world around you or characters in books. So my dad definitely was the biggest musical influence because that's where I heard most of the music that I like now or that got me going. So Hank Williams for one. Um, I remember kind of learning to play just like learning rhythm from Hank Williams in his forerunner um, driving up a dirt road to our cabin and windows down on the side of the forerunner kind of bouncing our hands on the side of the truck along with uh, the music hey good looking what you got cooking you know kind of bouncing around so that was like um that was a big thing from a, a young age um like the Hank Williams and um he kind of gave me a without maybe knowing it or meaning to a classical training in rock and roll, right? Starting off with uh, Buddy Holly and Elvis and Little Richard and 50s rock and roll, mm. um, Fats Domino, Chubby Checker. You know, he had, um, I think he had like a Billboard, you know, Billboard's greatest hits from the 50s or something like that. And so that got a lot of spins. Um, and then moved on to the Beatles, you know, and then Tom Petty comes in and, you know, Bob Marley and stuff that's like easy for kids to get into, but is also just like good music, you know? It's not just like, something that's going to fade after you get a little older. It's just like I still listen to it. I still love it. It's like the core of my music. And then my dad is also a guitar player. So he always played guitar when I was little. Um, and then when I started playing it, he, he you know, gave me the, the tips and tricks. I mean, when I first started, I was playing it by myself at home. But, you know, when I'd see him on the weekends, he would give me, uh, give me lessons, show me some stuff. You know, he's kind of like me, where it's just like, hey, this is what somebody showed me. I'm going to show you. It wasn't like um, him, you know, him or I were classically trained or that we have music theory that we can read music. We're both just like, hey, cowboy chords, all right. <laughs> I can play this with a beer bottle as a slide. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, my dad, um, he kind of formed my, my love for just the classics, I guess. Um, is, he, is he also a funny guy? Yeah. 
Yeah, I yeah. met him before, and I, yeah, I don't he's think a funny that about guy. Him, so. Yeah, he's a funny guy. Um, I mean, I, that's how I describe him. There might be other people that don't think he's funny. Some of the guys at the uh, auto shop, I don't think, think he's very funny. <laughs> I'm going to come in there and I'm going to talk to that guy. <laughs> but yeah, I think he's funny. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, because that's another thing you could pick up from people too. Is, yeah. And, um, you know, we haven't even gotten there yet, but, you know, your humor, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's a thing about Jack Mattingly yeah. that sticks out. And so yeah. I would assume you got some of that from him as well. Absolutely. I am a father's son. There's no doubt about it. No milkman. You can look at him and look at me. <laughs> and you can tell. Yeah. So, but. Yeah, we were at, at, at one of your shows at the uh, Opera House in Marysville. Oh, yeah. Yep. And he was there. Yeah. Um, and. Yeah, my my wife Rhonda, she says, "Hey, here, you know, take a picture of us." And and we got the phone back. There's about ten selfies of him. That's funny. You know, not yeah. everybody would do that. Yeah, but, you know, yeah. Funny. That's funny. I just yeah. did that this weekend too. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's my dad. Yeah, um, a funny. I mean, a quick funny story that has to do with um, performing in a uh, young age. So I performed in the talent show, fourth grade or third grade, something like that. And I did an Elvis song because I was really into Elvis, right? Because, you know, I was listening to a lot of that with him and Carl Perkins. So I did um, I'm All Shook Up. And uh, I had a jean jacket. <laughs> I had, like, uh, my hair was slicked back and like Elvis or whatever. You know, I don't know what it looked like. But so I'm out there singing. It was at the Colin Creed Elementary School. And I'm singing and, and everybody's sitting in the audience. And I get to the part. Um, he goes a little high, you know, um, there's only one cure for this body of mine, and that's to have that girl and a love so fine. That part. Well, I don't know why. It must have been fourth grade, but I'm, my voice was changing already. <laughs> and so I did the total, like, Bobby Brady at the talent show. My voice cracked right at that love so fine. And I just remember it cracked, and I just, like, look out, and there's my dad just slapping his knee laughing. <laughs> and he can't get enough of it. And I'm like, oh, God, I'm ruined. <laughs> uh, but it's funny. I always think, you know what? One of these days, I'm going to get on stage when he's at the show, and I'm going to play it. I'm going to have redemption, yeah. climb back on the horse. But I'm also worried that I could just screw it up again and give him another chuckle. Nice, nice. Well, let's talk about your first paying gig then. My first paying gig. You bet. Wait, you get paid? Uh, well, <laughs> I did at one point, right? So this was, uh, this was probably around the same time, probably younger, probably seven or eight. Um, and the first paying gig I had was at the Albert's Red Apple, used to just be called Albert's, in concrete. And it was at the checkout lanes. And I don't remember who the cashiers were, but they had heard that I know the song Achy Breaky Heart by Billy Ray oh, Cyrus. Man. Yeah. <laughs> the king of country music himself, right? <laughs> You've been dethroned, Hank. <laughs> anyway, so Billy Ray Cyrus. Um, so they heard I'd sing Achy Breaky Heart, and I didn't want to. I was too shy. I was standing in front of the, you know, the checkout lines, and um, they said, okay, what if we give you a dollar? And so I was like, okay. I'll do it for a buck. So I don't think I sang the whole thing, but I sang enough of it to earn that dollar. And um, like I have said, I wish I still had that dollar, but I think I honestly think I paid for penny candies right there on the spot, 100 of them, because candy is worth more than money. Well, they probably took it out of the till anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're actually here to expose <laughs> Red Apple. Uh, but yeah, that's my first paying gig. What about any kind of like, aha moments like like when you were coming up like as it from 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 that point on from your first paying gig yeah to kind of when you started writing music and stuff mm-hmm. what was was there a time where you just kind of like okay maybe maybe this is something that's going on here 
Yeah, I don't know. Like, um, I've always liked music, and and from as far back as I can remember, I've always liked singing or performing, doing stuff like that. And so I, I never really thought about like, hey, that's what I'm going to do. You know, I might have talked about like, oh, I'm going to be in a band or whatever. But like, you know, you say oh, I'm going to be an astronaut. I'm going to do be a cop, whatever. You know, you change every day. But um, I know. I liked singing in front of the class from a very young age. First grade, I started singing Elvis in front of the class. The teacher would have me up, and I just kept that kind of going until the, you know, <laughs> the big show down at the talent show. And I quit <laughs> for a while. Back to, I don't know, drawing or something. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and then, and, and then fourth grade, um, we had career day, and my drummer now, um, he was in a band, Pavlov Jones, and they came in t- for career day. And they played for my classroom. And that was cool because then, like, really before that, like, seeing live music that close, I mean, I, I don't remember, you know, maybe on the street somewhere in Seattle you see somebody play, but, like, to just have a classroom where sitting there watching them and they're singing original music that they wrote, you know. And I just remember thinking that was really cool and and really thinking, like, oh, wait, that's a career option? Mm. <laughs> well, that's pretty cool. Um so, so that was kind of a, a spark, too, for just like, hey, maybe this is something I want to do and look at more serious. But, but I really didn't start playing guitar until I was 17 years old. So that was a pretty big leap from being in fourth grade and seeing it and then be like, okay, now I'm going to try it out, you know. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm still not sure that it's what I want to do. <laughs> There's still so many options, right? But you were songwriting in a way, though, earlier in yeah. life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Always, always have written poems, stories. Um, yeah, songs. I've always, you know, liked uh, rhyming. Right. Can you do you do you write them down? You know, you say write a song. Earlier, mm-hmm. you described playing. Uh, you know, you have just feeling it, feeling it, and playing yeah. and singing at the same time. But are you actually writing these down? Do you have a logbook or? Yeah, I write them. I used to write them, you know, freehand, and sometimes I still do. But um, most of the time now, let's get real. I write them in my phone. And mm. if you go through my phone, which I wouldn't recommend, yeah. <laughs> uh, if you go through my phone, there's two things. You're going to go through my notepad, and that's where all the, the lyrics are, and then my voice notes, and that's where if I'm driving and I have a melody, I just hit record, sing the melody. doesn't matter. I can make up words, you know. Mm. Going to Rudy's podcast today. I can't <laughs> wait to hear what he has to say. Ooh, there we go. There's something oh, yeah. right there. I hope you got that recorded. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh. So I might record something like that, and then I get home, and then I can throw some real lyrics down, type them up. It's just kind of easier to have my phone open, type them up, and instead of, you know, freehand, and then get a hand cramp after three or four words. Sure. Um, because who writes anything by hand anymore? Um, but yeah, I've got a lot of old lyrics that I like that I wrote freehand um, that are cooler to keep. I try to think about that now too. Is like maybe I should write these freehand because they are a little bit more of a keepsake when you're done. And you give somebody my phone, I'm like, hey, look at all these cool notes he typed up. <laughs> wow, <laughs> anyone could have typed those, you know. Yeah. But handwriting is different, so I do think that's pretty cool. And I try to do that, you know, on some of the songs still, if I've got a pad sitting in front of me. Um, but yeah, yeah, I write them down and then, and then, like I said, record, you know, voice notes. Yeah. So. How about you guys? How do you write your songs? <laughs> I couldn't write a song if my life depended on it. No, not with that attitude. You see how easy it is? How about that one about Rudy's podcast? That seemed like a good one. Yeah, I kind of want want you to tell a story about you um, with your English teacher when you guys Oh, yeah. Actually, I would love to. Yeah, I would love to tell this story because it's one that my friends know, but not a lot of people know about. So before I started playing guitar, 
I still liked writing songs, still liked rhyming, so what can you do without a guitar that involves rhyming and there are still songs? Rap music. Yeah, the great white rapper. Yeah, so anyway, I would write rap songs, right? And that was like right Eminem, 8 Mile. Everybody's doing the rap battles. You know, it's like kind of all the rage. So anyway, I would write these raps, and, and we would do rap battles at school. And they weren't like the traditional freestyle off the top of your head um, because those just turned out to be boring and no one could do it. And so we'd write them down and we'd be like, okay, we're going to meet on this date and we're going to um, we're gonna have a rap battle come with your rap. So I did those and a lot of times they would be in this classroom on lunchtime. Our English teacher, my English teacher, um, would let us meet up in there because he wanted to encourage, you know, that kind of stuff. He's like, hey, instead of having fist fights, this is a good way to do it. It's creative. It's poetic. You can have a clear winner. You know what I mean? And and so we'd come in there and we'd fill the classroom up with people and you'd do your rap battle. And so I... I, I Maybe I had two of them, and I won. I was like, yeah, <laughs> cloud nine, I'm the best. And then it's just like, they're like you know we could fight you, right? <laughs> like, oh, but I thought we were settling yeah. with rap, dude. <laughs> so then my English teacher and I, you know, he was great. I love him to this day. And he, um, I don't know, I probably pissed him off or something. He was like, all right, let's do a rap battle, you and me. And I was like, oh, all right, I'm going to rap battle my teacher. You bet. So we wrote our rap, we met up. And I smoked him in front of the class. It was awesome. And he was like, okay, I want a rematch. We do one more another week from now. I was like, okay, you got it. I can do this again. I kind of slept on it like Rocky, you know, like when Rocky was training, but like, but Apollo Creed didn't care. He was like, I can beat this chump, no problem. We'll just sit in front of my TV and watch him punch meat, you know? So like, that's how I was handling it. And one week later, he showed up very prepared and he smoked me. And it's one thing to just like smoke your teacher in front of, your friends, but when he does it to you in front of your friends, and they all turn and they're like, "Man, that was pretty good. You suck." And it's like, one of the lyrics he, I can remember, and this is probably the only one I can remember, was that um, he said, um, "You can't pack a punch. Your mom packs your lunch, or something like that." But I just, and then somebody was like, "She does." <laughs> Shut up, man. No, she doesn't pack my lunch. Fruit by the foot. Uh, uh, yeah. So he beat me, and then I think that was pretty much the end of my rap career. I. Kind of like, nope, I'm going back to drawing again for the third time or second time. Something uh, like that, though, can get you inspired to write. Absolutely. Yeah, it was awesome. He was so cool about that. Um, and um, so, yeah, no, that was kind of before, like right before I started playing guitar. You know, it wasn't long after that I started playing guitar. And then I, I liked that, you know, better because, like, you know, I wasn't going to be a rapper for real. That's um, kind of silly. I didn't look like a rapper. I didn't feel like a rapper. I didn't have any experience like that. Like, I mean, who's to say? But I, I just, it wasn't like calling. It was just something you could do with lyrics and rhyming, and it was fun. So, yeah. Well, some of the songs you sing, um, mm -hmm. uh, covers that you do, are mm -hmm. for your mom. Yeah, who's you bet. such a wonderful lady. She is. And those always impress me because they're like Cherry <laughs> Cherry from Neil yeah, Diamond. Yeah, Neil Diamond, and yeah. You got Golden Hair Sister yeah, and Chevy Van. Yeah, and she these was definitely a, a 70s music. Like that's, and I, I love that just as much. Like I'm not knocking it at all. I'm so happy for my influences, both from my dad and my mom and my stepdad. You know, they all had music they listened to, so I grew up around it. My mom um, said subscribe to, I think it was a collection of tapes called Sounds of the 70s. Mm. And we'd get them in the mail every month or something like that. And so it was just, you know, a mix of 70s songs. And, like, 
we heard them all a lot, and I liked them all, you know. Yeah. So it's like I kind of also got this like this awesome classical rock and roll training from my dad, where I knew like the roots, you know, of Chuck Berry and stuff. And then like you know, with my uh, my mom, I'm singing some Terry Jacks. <laughs> we had joy, we had fun. I think that was Terry Jacks, right? I don't know. Maybe it was Andy and I always go back and forth between Terry Jacks and Sammy Johns, two first names for both of them, and one hit wonders. But um, but yeah, and big Neil Diamond fan. She's a parrot head, and there's a lot of people that hate Jimmy Buffett, and guess what? I am mm. not one of them, because I think that guy makes money doing what he loves. He's found a way to be original. He has fun. He just um, hangs out on a boat, and he plays to people who like to have margaritas and drink and exactly. smoke dope. So it's just like, it's not music for every occasion, but I can get behind somebody who lives a lifestyle that they want to live and make a you know make a name for themselves. So, so yeah, I, I don't know. I take all my influences into account from... Um, all my folks, you know. So. And that's amazing. I mean, yeah. the whole idea of music is to spread happiness, right? Yeah, happiness absolutely. Yeah, or just at least emotions that yeah. people can relate to. It doesn't have to be happiness, but um, just emotions that they can relate to. And I think that's one of the cool things when people see you live. And mm -hmm. for one thing, I think most of them, especially if it's their first time, they're pretty blown away. Yeah. Uh, but then when you when you pull out some random song like that, yeah, and they're just like, "Wait, what? Is he yeah. playing whatever yeah. it may be?" Yeah, and yeah. like when you ask the crowd, like, "Hey, can you play whatever?" and, and you're always going to get the Nirvanas and yeah, the, you know, yeah. you bet, yeah. you know, Chevy Van, yeah. Wow. yeah, nobody requests yeah. Chevy Van. It's I mean, <laughs> whenever, they do now, yeah. but <laughs> not originally before we sang it. But when you when you throw one out there that you you know there's going to be a few people in the crowd and, and yeah. It really sparks some excitement in people. Yeah, I think. Yeah, that's a dangerous game. Saying, "Hey, what do you guys want to hear?" But it's a, my favorite game because on occasion they'll say one that we can actually do yeah. that makes us look so much better than we are. <laughs> At least one person in the band will know how to play one little bit of that song. I'm like, "Yeah, that's all you get." Unless you want to pay for more, and then they never do. You should start planting somebody in the. Yeah, yeah, maybe that'll be you. Yeah, yeah. Christine, well, is this your first show you've been? Oh, sweet, what yeah. do you want to hear? <laughs> Chevy Van. Oh, you, no, okay, maybe yeah. we can. Well, Here we go, <laughs> from the top. Well, okay, so let's talk about this then. You mm. have probably one of the greatest stage presence of any of mm. the, uh, for sure, of any of the local bands, but okay. of bands, period. Um, how do you do that? I mean, is that something you learn? Is that something you're born? Yeah. Your, your rapport with your bandmates, mm -hmm. with the audience, yeah. um, cracking the jokes, but I mean, you, as people can probably tell here that you're just good at talking <laughs> well yeah i think that um at, at first i was very nervous like when i'd play live um i was just you know it's like you would be right you've never been in front of a crowd singing but like even though i did it as a young age and i'd sing it from so i wasn't like um completely just flying blind i'd done that before but but you want it to go good and i you know when you see high school bands and because I was in one, you, you can always tell they're just like so nervous. It's their first time. They don't know how to be, and you don't know how to be yourself. You know, you're still figuring it out. Um, but then you go and see live music and then realize like, Hey, everybody here is just my friends. You're not any, once you're done playing, you go back to just talking with them and running your mouth and having a good time. And so it was like, kind of, you just have to realize like, that's just how you need to be on stage because what are you going to lose? They're just your friends. They're not going to stop hanging out with you. And then, and then you make friends with the people that you don't know. Eventually more people start coming. I like to make everybody kind of comfortable in the room, right? And sometimes the best way to do it, it's a mean trick, but <laughs> sometimes you got to pick one guy who's not having any fun that you don't know and start, <laughs> start picking on him. 
And then everybody else is like, oh, you know, then they're involved with it. And they're like, oh, he's not picking on me. He's picking on this guy. And then they kind of start laughing. They start getting comfortable. Like, oh, man, okay. So we're just, it's very interactive, you know. And I don't ever mean anything bad. You know, I'm not picking on somebody like in a mean way. But, you know, just kind of getting the conversation going and getting everybody kind of um, to drop their shoulders at ease. Or even to just pay attention. That's a good way to get people to pay attention. We've played in rooms where there's nobody listening. Mm -hmm. So then you just start picking on a couple Hey, is this your first date? Man, she looks mad. You're screwing that up, dude. <laughs> she picking up the check? Really? You that cheap? You know, start doing that, and then everybody's listening like, oh, man, they're going to fight. You know? <laughs> uh, but I don't know. My favorite my favorite front man, um, not just from the area, but maybe of all time, is Shane Gildness oh. um, from Fanny Alger. That guy is truly the best one. Um, I appreciate the compliment, Christine, but he really is the best she one because great, he is yeah. just, he's watching someone hold court, mm-hmm. you know, like he is the same way. I think that that's how I feel too, is that he's just not nervous about being in front of those people. And you know what, if he screws up, that's how, that's how it goes. Everybody screws up and you just get to a point you're so comfortable that you rarely do screw up anymore. You're just kind of having fun and, um, quick witted. And once you turn off your concerns and your, um, nervousness, then just everything kind of comes to you and it's easy to talk just like now, like, um, were you nervous before this? Christine. But you're not now, right? We're having a conversation. Everything's good. Yeah. We're comfortable. All I have to do is pick on Rudy a little That's bit. Right. Yeah. Now you feel good, yeah. right? You're on my team. So. Well, that reminds me yeah, of, the, of the show. When you're sitting there saying, like, oh, I usually pick somebody to pick on. And it was so obvious. Actually, I think it was the first time uh, we kind of started talking was at uh, the winery there in Super yeah. Woolly. And they had me. Sit, they said, oh, yeah, I was signed seats, and they put me right up front. Oh, and here I am, front and center, and your mic yeah. is closer just, than we're yeah. sitting right now. Yeah, yeah, we were it very was close. very awkward and just yeah. kind of, but, you know, you were able to pick on me a little bit. Yeah. In, you know, in Well, fun. and that's easy, and, too, because, like, if I know the person, right, like, it's easy that I, I can um, have a – when it's a solo show sometimes, if I don't have somebody on stage with me to banter with, you know, you can pick somebody that you know in the audience or get to know somebody, and then you can have somebody you're telling jokes with or, or just having a conversation with so that people can – kind of just feel like they're hanging out, listening to somebody um, do their thing and be natural. Because that's the best when you see somebody and they're just natural. I like you're sitting in their living room. The thing that that maybe a lot of people don't pick up on is that you're really good on stage continuing a conversation throughout the whole evening. Mm -hmm. Um, So like you'll start with picking on that one couple per se to to Mm -hmm. bring up the thing. And then you'll bring it up. Throughout the yeah. whole thing. Oh, where'd they yeah. go? Or something. You know, yeah. it's like just kind of, yeah. you, know, you keep it going throughout the whole <laughs> night. And that way people kind of, yeah. you know, it strings it along, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. It gives really. everybody kind of like, they're all invested in that. And yep. yeah, where'd they go is usually um, home <laughs> <Yeah>. because <laughs> I ran them away. <laughs> yeah. But that's okay. Most of the time they don't pay to get in. <laughs> and that's all I do it for is money and cut. <laughs> <laughs> well, we make it sound like it's all this structured thing, but yeah. it's so natural yeah, the way it's you, very you not know, there's probably yeah. not really a structure to no, it. No, like there's not a structure. Trying to make it be, but yeah. No, no, it, there's not a structure. And it's not like I have a, a, a list of like, here's how you do it. Here's Jack Mattingly's list of how to be on stage and for people. That's not it. That's just what I've noticed about myself looking back. It's like, okay, well, that must have been you know, why I started doing that, you know, having a conversation, it just makes it feel easier. Yeah. Did you have experience at this kind of stuff when you were in? Mm, no, it was all, once I started playing music, um, with Andy Brown, who's my drummer right now in Whiskey Fever, once I started playing music with him, it was just him and I at first, and he was easy to banter because he's also very easy. Mm-hmm. He makes everybody comfortable in the room. He's just, you know, just gifted at that. So you put the two of us together and it was very easy for me to be myself, Yeah. you know, finally on stage in front of people 
and and then then you get Dylan in there. You know, we started the three of us started playing, and you know he's the same way too. He can just you can give him any topic, and he can just spin you a yarn about it. He's so he's so quiet. A lot of people don't know much about him, but he's probably the funniest yeah. out of all you guys oh, together. No, he's he's absolutely, hilarious. he. I will say that about Dylan is that he is always the funniest guy in the room. And I recognize that, and I will feed him <laughs> the lines to m- keep that fire going because I love it, and I love hearing him and Andy go, and Dennis and I'll sit back and just laugh, you know. Yeah. When you when you started playing with Dylan, mm-hmm. um, this is a real question. Yeah. Did you tell him to watch Rick Danko and play just like him and, no. and dance just like him when he plays? No, that's all. That I, I know it looked like it, right? Yeah. I love Rick Danko, and that's a good. Fair point because you know I love the band, but no, he's just always had the groove in him. He's, yeah, he's always good. been just in the groove, you know. Uh, so I yeah, and I love that. I love watching Dylan dance while he's playing, and Dennis has got his own. You know, he he's he's got his own soul to the way he plays, and so like I hear a lot of people saying they love to watch those two, yeah, because those two can just groove together mm-hmm. and and just mesh well, and then Andy and I have a good back and forth between each other, so it's like, it's a good um, dynamic between the whole band, and that's why I think for the most part, that's why people like coming to see us live, just as much as listening to the songs, they just like the show, right, because everybody's Mm -hmm. got their own personality and the chemistry, and everybody's kind of part of the family, even as the fans are, you know, like, they all come to see us still, and I don't know sure. why. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't. It's because of that. Well, I mean, I guess about. I know why, but I'm just like, <laughs> hey, man, these songs aren't new. You've heard this last week, and why are you here again? But there's, you know, there and are I, new things that come up. We well, always exactly. take your shirt off. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Not always, but yeah, on occasion, it's happened. I, I have people ask me all the time, well, why, why are you going again? Don't they play the same songs? Mm. Which, you know, yeah. some of them are the same songs, but every show is yeah. a masterpiece because of just the whole thing put together. The... <laughs> some of them aren't, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think they are. Yeah. But yeah, you, you and Andy have that special relationship too. Yeah. It's fun to watch yeah. you two together and yep. you know, joke around and yeah, when you just do solo, like when you're doing librarian or whatever mm-hmm. and the other guys are, you know, Dennis and Dylan mm-hmm. are on a break, but mm-hmm. Andy will come up and sing, sing yep. with you and plays plays a little shaker thing. Yeah. And, yeah. Well a yeah. lot of the a lot of times when you do those, uh, you play drunken hearted. And, mm-hmm. I, and I think it's the funny it's a funny song because well, not only the, the way it's written and the way it plays out, and yeah. but it can also be it could it could be however, like you said earlier, however people are kind of listening to it. How are you going to play it? How are you going to sing it? Yeah, uh, how people view that song. But that's mm-hmm. another one you'll do, kind of just you and Andy, and yeah, um, you kind of I don't know, maybe maybe we could take a minute and play that song. What can you, you talk bet. about that a little bit? Yeah, just real quick? yeah, uh, Drunken Hearted is like I said, one of the earlier ones I wrote where I felt like, hey, that's an actual that's an actual emotion. You know, it's not a song about a forerunner, right? And, um. It's it's a true story uh, from being hung over in Cedar Willie, walking down the street in the hot sun and just um, needing to get back home to my bed, needing to get something to eat. Basically, you know, Sunday morning coming down, but um, in Cedar Willie. And so, but that's still one that, you know, I play Skagit County. Everybody can relate to that just about at our show. You know, they're coming to see a band called Whiskey Fever. I bet you some of them. <laughs> have something to drink now and again and maybe now and again have too much and they wake up in Cedar Woolly and they're like, who are all these chicks? Just like I do every morning. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, Well, let's play it. Okay, let's do it. Here we go. Here we go. Action Jackson. All right, this one's called Drunken Hearted. It's about Cedar Woolly. Seven AM in the streets of Cedro 
Slowly still bent from the night Got a long day ahead of me Everybody in town wants to stare at me I got no money in my pocket Shallow pockets in my pants Finally making eye contact And they avert their glance What a wasted bunch of people But who am I to talk? Cause my stomach's turning circles And my face is turning purple I can't stop, but I can barely walk With the friends that I was given Well, I might as well be living in a box Well, the night was so explosive I can't remember what she said Lots of screaming, no more dreaming When I fall asleep in bed But the girl that I woke up to She was not the girl I loved Brightness of the morning I need to find a place to eat Need to find a place to sleep When I get home I'm dead But at least I'm dead in my own bed Cause my stomach's turning flips And I can barely taste your lips It's been so long since I wasn't in the wrong With the stipulations given That's just not what I call living all move along Seven p.m. in the streets of Cedro Woolly, still here, unclear of the things that I hold dear to me. God, I hope you're hearing me. Sweat pours from my body, from my face down to the floor. I just don't want this anymore. I just can't take this anymore. Somebody take me. I just want to be alone Because my heart is broken too And I just want to be with you Please take me back To the place that I was at And before I ever know it I'll find a brand new way to blow it And fall right back Okay, well, that was part one. <laughs> we actually recorded enough stuff here to have two shows. So part one was Jack Mattingly, and we talked about a lot of stuff, a lot of fun stuff. Hopefully you learned some things. I know I did, and Christine did as well. Um, so part two will be out next month, and this is a new show to KMRE. Hope you enjoyed it. And just, you know, it's been a change of uh, paces for the podcast as well. And I don't know, I really like the concept and, and hopefully we can find some folks. If you know some local bands, um, you know, we're completely open to anybody in the Whatcom, Skagit, Island Counties, you know, that whole San Juan area, whoever you know, please get us in touch on social media because we'd love to hear from them um, and hopefully interview them because we want to we wanna experience everything that the uh, this area has to offer musically. Uh, we love it and I know you guys love it too. Here's some extra tracks of Jack Mattingly, The Whiskey Fever. Some of them are private recordings with just Jack. Some of them are uh, some other people on there. And some of them are the studio albums. So enjoy it. Thank you very much for listening. The girl at the post office makes my face red. She likes my hair so 
I shaved my head, I can't take any chances falling in love again. I can't spend my life spending my evening pretending I don't sin. I drive down the boulevard and look at the kids, the makeup and haircuts, life on the skids. Everybody's so hungry, cause this town is skinny like me. I can't spend my life spending a weekend such a tramp but I like the way she looks licking a stamp it's so dirty it makes me remember that I'm all alone she wrote me a letter said I hope you feel better I know that your heart's in hell but you still wear it well I know I'm not supposed to but I'm going postal for you I said I know I'm not hopeful But I'm going postal too Understand why they call this shit wine. I take it to the head and then I'm bitching all the time. And can you come and meet me? I'm a fool without a clue. Oh, Abigail, I can't get over you. Oh, Abigail, I know you think of. to fall asleep and I still see you in your overalls with nothing left to say you made me feel like everywhere I stood was in the way there's nothing more that haunts me than that final goodbye kiss oh Abigail 
Gail, you were my closest friend Someone wrote our story and forgot to write the end But lucky for you, I'm a writer too But nothing that I write would be as beautiful as you So can I come and see you if I promise not to stay Thank you. If I could walk through walls, well, I'd peek my head through yours just to see the things you do when you think nobody's watching you. I bet you try on all your clothes, pretend you're Marilyn Monroe, and sing to all your favorite songs, dance with your stilettos on. And strip down to your skin and bones Listen to the rolling stones You're sweet like cotton candy 
I'd see all of your fantasies and hope that you've included me. I'd know when you were really sad. I'd wake you up when dreams went bad. I'd know the things you want to do and stop the world from stopping you. You're sweet like cotton candy and I just can't Check us out next month. Thanks so much to our friends Jack Mattingly and the Whiskey Fever. That was the track you heard at the start. And here it is again. Wouldn't want to miss this off the album Oceans of Trouble. Go check it out. They're from Cedro Woolley. Ooh, you wouldn't want to miss this. 